Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out, Demystifying HR and People Management. I'm your host, Susan Nay. Today, we're going to talk about stress management, something most of us don't do as well as we could, and it takes its toll. Let's jump right in. So why is stress management important? We use our brains in the work that we do, and stress kills brain cells. In the roles that we play, we're expected to not only be able to handle our own stressors, but frequently to mitigate the stress for others we're often the go-to for others. They come to us for answers. The current COVID situation is a really good example of this. Our world, in a matter of months, became something that none of us had experienced or been expected to lead through at any prior time in our lives. The eventual return to our new normal, if you can call it a new normal, it's the next hurdle that we're going to be expected to contend with. This past year and a half has, for most people, created stressors and stress levels that no one could have contemplated. How we take care of ourselves through such circumstances and the, these kinds of situations is really critical. I'm reminded of that oxygen mask from the direction that we receive in air travel. If we don't take care of ourselves first, we may no, no longer be able to help our organizations and the others that we care about, let alone ourselves. We all know that a certain amount of stress is okay. It keeps us alive and on our toes. It can make life exciting. And it requires that we be lifelong learners and that we remain flexible, resilient, that we learn from our experiences and that we grow from these. And at times like our current situation, we experience major stress. The tools that we develop and polish over time help us to manage this. I really encourage you to take a look at some of the stress assessment tools that are available on the internet. Where are you with your personal life circumstances on those scales? There's a part of our brain called the amygdala. It's the part of the brain that triggers instantly as part of the fight or flight reaction. Stress kicks that amygdala into action. And if we don't find an outlet for that energy, the energy doesn't dissipate, so it stays with us and can come out at inappropriate times. Like when we lose it, we overreact, or we begin to experience health challenges because we have buried so deep within us those undissipated reactions. I know, <laughs> I've been there. I suspect that you have too. 
You may have heard of something called emotional intelligence. And again, there are great resources available, uh, both in book form and on the internet. When we use our emotional intelligence capabilities, we find ourselves reacting much more appropriately to stress-generated situations. We quit using our fists, both figuratively and physically, and we're better able to calmly use our words. The higher your emotional intelligence capability, the better you're able to control what we call amygdala hijacks. And yes, EI, emotional intelligence, is something that we can do better with practice. Become better able to reduce those stressors and the physical reaction that they may be creating for us. And by knowing what stress relievers work best for you, whether that be journaling, deep breathing, going for a walk or a run, watching a funny movie, we learn what we need to do ourselves individually to soften that impact. The level of the skill and the impact of stress, they're different for each of us. So let's talk a little bit more about what causes stress. For many people, one of them is uncertainty at work. Your basic job security, wondering whether you're perceived as having done a good job, not knowing whether you're considered as a val valued member of your team. Will the next budget cuts affect you personally? How about lack of control? over what you're assigned to do, over outcomes, over the volume of work you're expected to handle, over who you're expected to report to, over changes. How about over not feeling heard? How about stress as the fact that the job interferes with your home life? Perhaps expectation that you attend meetings outside your regular working hours or that you constantly monitor and respond to emails, even when you're on vacation or other time off? How about when meetings are scheduled during breaks and lunch hours? Or worrying about matters that create difficulty sleeping? If you're in public-related positions, what about having the members of the public feel the need to talk to you about work matters when you're on the soccer field with your kids or out to dinner with your family? Do any of these sound familiar? And then there's career concerns. Will I get the job that I'm hoping for? Will I need to move to another sector or organization or community to continue to advance my career? Will I be bumped with the latest layoff? How about feeling constrained? As examples, your organization decides to no longer pursue a project that you've put your heart into. Perhaps there's been a change in senior management and a complete change in organizational direction and values. Perhaps you don't feel that your boss supports you or you're bored. And what about when projects aren't going well? Something's been insufficiently funded or projects are canceled due to new leadership's differing priorities. Perhaps project team members are not getting along or the project scope is creeping. Expectations between Different departments, different. And then what about being over budget? 
the overtime budget is insufficient for the increased volume of work that's requiring response. One I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with most of these actually. <laughs> implementation of new software, not appropriately funded for full implementation. New leadership directives, not funded in the annual plan. Unanticipated problems, unanticipated costs like legal costs. And then there's overwhelming worry about single events such as divorce and illness, finances, fights with parents or kids, mental health issues, addiction challenges, care of aging parents, adult kids returning home. And then there's those darn gremlins, that internal negative talk, thinking that you could have done better, worrying about what you just said, catching a look and wondering what that meant, not being acknowledged, Concern about rumors and gossip, not receiving feedback, those darn assumptions that we make, perhaps experiencing isolation, and conflict, having to deal with situations we'd rather avoid, conflict with a coworker or a neighbor, perhaps a child having problems with a teacher, the team not getting along, or conflict with personal versus organizational values or ethical issues. You know them. And it's really easy to forget that there are potentially many, but they're all adding up inside of us, the large stuff and the small stuff, and they're not likely to go away. It's so critically important to learn how to deal with them effectively. Let's move to signs that you might be feeling the effects of stress. You might be someone who handles stress really well. It might be an integral part of the work that you do, and it comes with the territory. That's wonderful. As a supervisor or a manager, you also have a legal responsibility called the duty to inquire. So if you see one of the individuals that you're responsible for presenting with signs that they may be under stress and not coping well, you need to share with them what you're observing and ask if they're okay. And if they're not, work with them to get them the help that they need. So what are some of the signs to, work, to watch for? One might be disregarding either high or low priority tasks. Someone perhaps procrastinating when this hasn't normally been a problem. Or this could be you. Giving reduced amounts of time to each task. No longer caring about quality or somebody who, or you, becoming disengaged. Shifting responsibility perhaps delegating to others inappropriately, or the beginning of blaming. About blocking out new information on things like how to use new technology or expected processes, on change realities or directions. What about when people are starting to, or you, being just superficially involved in meetings, in participation in team activities, in work expectations, especially if this hasn't been how you or the individual that you might be concerned about typically presents. And then the expression of negative or cynical attitudes, that becoming toxic to the work environment, and not being able to pull out of a downward spiral. When we're starting to have difficulty coming to work or staying focused at work, 
attendance challenges, arriving late, not being able to stay and get the work done. You've just had enough. And the appearance of detachment, lack of engagement, not caring and not or no longer being responsive. Another one is wasting time and being frequently unavailable. Closed doors, long lunches, chatting, gossip, not being available to the rest of the team for input and assistance. And what about change to grooming and how you or the person that you're concerned about normally dress for work and seeing changes in, um, again, how they're presenting, how perhaps you're presenting. It's really important to know both yourself and the team members you're responsible for. What is your norm? What is theirs? And has there been a change? There are also physical and psychological symptoms that you may be experiencing stress. We're often not aware, again, of the toll that stress takes on us. I had no idea that I developed an ulcer when dealing with significant, unpleasant changes in my own life at one point. I hadn't been paying attention. And symptoms are just that. They're, sim they're a signal of the need for us to discover their root cause. Do you suffer from physical complaints such as headaches, lingering colds, unexplainable aches or tummy problems? <laughs> Do you have a bottle of Tums or pain medications always close by? Do you ever find yourself forgetting where you put things? Keys or perhaps those important papers? Or appointments for yourself or family members? Have you ever experienced a heaviness or sadness that just can't be explained by a, a major event that might have happened since, such as the passing of a family friend or a family member? Do you find yourself now too busy for friends, exercise, things that used to give you great pleasure? You don't want to see anyone or do anything when you actually have the time to. Are you turning down invitations? Are you not returning personal phone calls or texts? Do you find yourself having outbursts of anger or feeling unreasonably frustrated over things that normally wouldn't have bothered you? Are you lacking energy? and having difficulty going to sleep, waking up, going to work? And do you find yourself engaging in negative talk or thoughts, particularly self-talk? And if so, what do you do? Let's chat a little bit about stress relievers. The right stress reliever for you is individual. I love to walk. It's an important part of my routine. In earlier years, I swam laps, lots of them. It helped. Now I find just taking a break and taking a deep breath helps in the moment. Breathing is so important. We gasp when we're surprised. It's our body's automatic stress reactor. So consciously, we're bringing more oxygen into our bodies. And so doing this purposely helps. Take a break, move on to another task. Let your mind go of the problem and get a break from it. Are you a runner? Walking, getting some fresh air, getting out into nature might work for you. Even better, do it with a friend. I personally am poor at committing time to myself, but if I've said that I'd be there for a friend, 
I'll always follow through. Might that help you follow through too? Journaling, especially if you don't have a trusted friend or someone professional to be able to talk to, pour out your thoughts in writing. It is amazing how therapeutic this can be. And it makes for really interesting reading in the future. I found that many assumptions that I made were inaccurate. And it wasn't until I went back and read my personal rants that I'd written of previously that I began to realize this. If you are faced with something perhaps highly sensitive or confidential matters and, and you can't talk to anyone else about how the situation is impacting you, writing it in a journal is really helpful. Keep it private and only for your eyes. It's also good sometimes to join support groups. Depending on the situation, there may be groups that could help. As an example, for those dealing with aging parents struggling with dementia or Alzheimer's, being able to speak with others who are also dealing with the same might provide you with some release. And also using the resources if you're working in an organization that provides an employee and family assistance program. The counselors are excellent. It is confidential. And sometimes the extended health benefits part of your benefits program offers psychological services support. And you might also find these benefits helpful. It's good to talk to other people and they may be able to redirect you to other great resources. And sleep, so important to get enough sleep. Don't watch those horror flicks just before bed. Actually, these days, not even the news. Take some time to get your head into a calm state. It's not the time to be writing your to-do lists for the next day or editing reports for your morning meeting. You need your sleep. And of course, watch the caffeine and alcohol intakes and eat healthily. Hobbies are also great. What activities do you get lost in? What makes your eyes sparkle? Find the time. They're great diversions and reminders that life is not just about work and worry. It is so important to have some fun. Watch a comedy, laugh, blow bubbles with your kids, kick that soccer ball around. Change your approach. Does it have to be done the same way? And again, take a look on the internet. There is lots and lots of great examples and wonderful people out there to connect with who can help with the relief of your stressors. Challenge yourself to try one and see how it feels for you. Your world needs you healthy. You need you healthy. Okay, I can hear you thinking, sure, Susan, if only I had the time. And so it's really important. Let's talk about life balance and finding work-life balance. It is a lot about choices. What if your stressors are within your control or at least your influence? And of these, what might you be able to do to lessen the stress and add to your life balance? Because life is indeed a balancing act. Take a moment to reflect on the next three questions. How important is work-life balance to me? What would my ideal work-life balance look like? And how close or far away am I to reaching that ideal level? It's about identifying the problem, the causes, and then looking at potential solutions and creating an action plan. You do it at work, you know you're good at it. This is about doing it for you. 
So what truly matters most to you? And what changes could you make to get yourself in better alignment? I'll use a personal example. I say that exercise is really important to me, but more often than not, I work through my breaks and I'm too tired to go to the gym after work. So I need to ask myself, how important is this really to you? And it's okay if I find that it isn't as important as I say it is. I'm learning to be more honest with myself. What is important to me, not what is important because I'm supposed to think it should be important. And I'm able most of the time to take those breaks if I really wanted to. We often say our families are number one, but we're so busy that we don't make time for our families. Why? For the pieces that are within our control, what's really going on for us? And do we have the courage to actually deal with it? Does that meeting really need to be called for late in the afternoon? Or could it wait until tomorrow? I suspect that you each have your own examples. Let's go a little deeper and look at work-life realities. Let's start with the question, what is important in your life versus what is important or urgent on the job? If everything is urgent, do you need to have a conversation with your boss? Or if the workload is constantly unmanageable and you're finding yourself on overwhelm, what would you propose as a solution? Most bosses really appreciate that you've given this some thought and have something to propose that might help. Are timeframes negotiable? Let's look at another one. How do I connect with what matters most, the gap between what I say matters and the way I actually spend my time? Do you ever do as I say, not as I do, like taking breaks and leaving work on time? What are you modeling for yourself, your family, your work team? And what could you do differently to bridge that gap? Let's look at another one. Do my daily decisions reflect the things that matter most to me? As an example, I need quiet time to start my day. To get it, I set my alarm earlier and enjoy several cups of coffee before I shower and begin to get ready for work. Are there small things that you could be doing to start aligning better? A quick text to your loved one in the middle of the day lets them know that they're important to you. And no, not a text, but remember to pick up something like milk. <laughs> uh, let's, let's try one more. Am I being the best manager, supervisor, lead hand? To the people that I'm responsible for and helping them balance their work lives and cope with their stressors. What stressors might you be creating inadvertently? Are you checking in with your team to see how they're doing? Are you providing them feedback on their performance so that they know where they stand? Are you watching to ensure that they are not on overload? Are you observing when people are feeling the need to work through breaks and to ask why? Do you express interest in the lives of your team members? Do you know the names of their kids? What they do in their spare time? Who they are is more than just your employee. Do you share anything about you with your teams or are you just the boss and it really is only about work? Could you do this differently? 
If finding better work-life balance is important to you, what are you prepared to do differently? And when? Two important questions about working towards life balance. And how would you answer these questions? Because it really is about choice. And what would be the impact of those decisions in your life and in your life balance? Do I spend more time with my family? Or do I get involved with a community service project that will help others? Should we move house for more space? Should we stay and keep the payments down? Do I walk in the door and play with the kids? Or do I take an hour to return urgent work phone calls and emails? Get the picture. Do I work on a deadline-driven project? Or do I take that time to exercise and perhaps work on it a little bit later? Every action that we take creates ripples. We can start by taking the time to consider what those ripples might be and what they mean to us and our life balance priorities. It's really important that we never get so busy making a living that we forget to make a life. We only have one girl around and it's important that we make it a good one. So it's about remembering that oxygen mask and remembering that the world, your world, needs you healthy if you can't find the will to do it for you. I hope that you have a few more tools in your toolkit to understand and deal with the stressors in your life. That you're able to put something new in place to discover a happier you and to find better life balance for you. I hope that you'll be able to join me next week again in the podcast series. In the interim, please take good care of yourself as you guessed it, you dare to soar. If I can help in any way, my contact information is contained within the show notes to the podcast. And you might find my book helpful to you, Leadership Inside Out, Effecting Change from Within, because I believe that we can. It's available on Amazon. I'm also creating an online course called Choices, starting this fall, the fall of 2021. Let me know if you're interested in learning more. It's Susan signing out. Thanks for joining me today. Have a good one and be good to yourself. Bye for now. Well, we've reached our destination for today. Time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangenay at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high. I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.